श्रीला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री नित्यानंद प्रभु की जय श्री नित्यानंद त्रयोदशी की जय हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय श्री श्री लाल शरद बिहारी जी की जय श्री गिरिराज महाराज की जय गोर भक्त वृंद की जय गोर प्रणाम for the first time in this journey some of you so very happy to see you so <clears throat> we are celebrating today sri nityananda triyodasi which refers to the appearance day of sri nityananda prabhu who at the same time if you will personifies the let's say like the the highest principle of undeserved grace undeserved you say mm-hmm. yeah, okay so as much as you cannot deserve that he's representing them <laughs> and the, the the most undeserved the highest equality basically because it means no matter what you do it's beyond your own capacity which doesn't mean that you shouldn't do anything about that <laughs> but interestingly as more as you engage yourself in order to deserve that grace the the more you will feel i deserve that the less because you get to the insight this is greater greater and greater <laughs> and i'm correspondingly smaller smaller and smaller but in the context of that greatness so that feels good you know? like when you are facing the the ocean it feels great and you feel small but that's okay <laughs> your self esteem is not being threatened <laughs> by the sides of the ocean but you feel okay i mean embraced by that this affectionate greatness some something like that so we shared some nice songs now about shrinkananda prabhu one two two of the most well known ones one by lochandas thakur akroda paramananda nitanandaram and and one by narottam das so I was thinking about sharing some ideas about some points mentioned there trying to hopefully in some little way complement to the monumental lecture that Guru Mahesh gave today in the morning <laughs> which does not give too much place to say anything else in one sense but at the same time brings forth great mercy to try to say something else if you will in service to such a discourse <laughs> so and in my my attempt of complimenting that won't be trying to speak in maybe in some lower level if you will because he really spoke in a very high way as it's usual but my point is that when you speak about someone like Nityananda Prabhu or any other personality that personifies transcendence you can speak on so many levels and angles and nuances it's not just there is one single mode of discourse Well, it's like if you say well let's speak about god whatever it's not just there's this only thing that you, this this only narrative that you can embrace no there are so many possibilities especially if we speak about this particular very particular form of god we have this very nuanced idea when we say let's speak about god and you may say which one <laughs> i mean it's only one god but which of which of his all fa- which of all his faces No? from the concept of vishnu tattva shakti tattva 
let's speak about Sri Radha or something more Aishwarik, we will speak about Sri Srimati Lakshmi Devi or something in between Queens in Dwarka Mathura or if you speak with Vishnu Tattva well, decide, you have at least to begin five in Gorlila, Pancha Tattva <laughs> I mean, not of them are Vishnu Tattva, but there are five Tattvas so it's really like it can be overwhelming, no? because as I always say, for some people it may be even difficult to to conceive or to to accept the possibility of God. So what to speak if you start to go in detail about, okay, God, so many faces of God, and you have God in two, in two parts, if you will, Radha and Krishna, in three parts, if you will, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, if you will, huh? in four parts, Chaturbhuha, in five parts, <laughs> Panchatatra, and you can play with number for it. <laughs> but I don't want to overwhelm you. Further, we are already overwhelmed with this world and our daily lives. <laughs> but we we should be overwhelmed in the other direction. That will be a good way of, like, how do you say, like, um, what's this word? Dovetailing our overwhelming, if you will. <laughs> so I will like maybe I won't be con- so much concentrating myself today on on the tattoo of Nityananda or not even on on the Leela of Nityananda. Of course, I will be saying something about that. But mainly, I, I, some inspiration came to share some ideas regarding, like, how much our present-day Gaudiya community around the world, be not specifically limited to one particular mission or institution, but the whole Gaudiya community, and for sure that can extend to any other, every other community, spiritual community, needs to further imbibe the the spirit of Nityananda. All that Nityananda personifies as, a, as an entity, especially in the connection of his generosity, his breadth, his depth, simultaneous breadth and depth, you know, trying not to fully sacrifice one thing or the other, and, and trying to go beyond certain like boundaries, like I feel that are really like embarrassing for those who. Uh, Profess, profess, you say no, no, that's in Spanish. Profess, I profess certain cult or creed. Okay, so those who profess such a dynamic, progressive idea like Gaudiya Vedanta, when you find that someone in the name of that you know, behaves in a, I don't know, fundamentalist way, fanatical way, that's so unbecoming. Such a rasa basa is there, such an improper mixture of spices. No? <laughs> That's not a good masala. That will take to deep indigestion. <laughs> in, the, in the name of God, of Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, you behave, I don't know, you, ex, you, you, you exhibit I don't know, cognitive rigidity, <laughs> tribal thinking, fundamentalism, bi- bigotry, bigotry, how do you say? Bigotry. Okay, bigotry. All these things that are really embarrassing. For the tradition, and 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 and, and they are actually a misapprehension of the whole tradition, and they're, I don't know, they plunder the integrity of our sampradaya. We say. I mean, the integrity is still there. I mean, it cannot, you cannot affect it, but I mean, you are trying to represent something to yourself to begin with. No? You, you are trying to embrace some ideal. So sometimes that's embarrassing. And again, I'm not pointing to somewhere else in the community, and I'm. 
beyond that, no, let's begin begin at home as usual. No? <laughs> How much of that is still being represented in our own case? Because we are carrying the flag of universal love of Mahaprabhu, Saudarya, embrace. But at the same time, if in the mix of that we have this again tribal mentality and intellectual rigidity, that's that may be not so representative of someone like Nityananda Prabhu, let's say. Fundamentalism fundamentalism is really a delicate issue. Well, I think it's some, we can define that not only as fanaticism, but fundamentalism means like you really... I mean, you can be a fundamentalist without being religious, but fundamentalist in the case of, of religion or spirituality may be that you may get falling... You have something like... <laughs> Like if you have like some sort of love affair with ideas about God, but not with God himself. Something like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, you, you kind of, yeah, you have a romance with, con- with concepts, but you don't have real love for the person behind the concept. So that takes the form of fundamentalism. In the name of love of God, you're just immaturely attached to some concept, but you are not able to go to the person behind that. So God remains, sometimes they say, remains a noun and not a verb. (laughs) Nityananda is the opposite of that. For Nitai, well, he himself is God, but (laughs) uh, when he speaks about Mahaprabhu, when he's delivering the divine message, he's making God, as we say, a verb, not a noun. A verb means... Be a live thing. He's making the divine, and I don't know, an experience and not a dogma. There's a difference between this. It's a very fine line because from out out we can say so many things, but from out in that's that's another thing. So we need to go beyond God as a noun and make him a bird. We have to go beyond God as a dogma and make him an experience. We have to go to go beyond God as, uh, as an idea and make him a person, a relationship with us. No, Guru Maharaj will say that once. At one point, Krishna be- stops being a theological person. He becomes a real person. <laughs> so that's expected at some point. No? At the beginning, God is an idea, is a concept. We are not on a daily basis really established, really believing yet He's a person. <laughs> I mean, on one level we say yes, but on one level we may observe ourselves and on a daily basis we feel, may act and think as atheistic people for moments. Mayabad, maybe. <laughs> Some nuance of those things that we condemn on our daily discourse. Officially, we condemn them. But unofficially, oh, okay. <laughs> there is some... subterranean clandestine (laughs) existence of all the things Mm -hmm. so and again in the name of religion in the name of spirituality that's a big temptation because we have all these ideas of purity and high ideals and very refined theological developments but none of them really I mean you may know all of them from heart but nothing of that means you are inhabiting those concepts you have to become inhabitants of of these ideas, of that land, if you will. No? So, and, and if we do not do so, and again, with this I'm explaining what Nityananda is trying to represent, where is he trying to 
where his current is pointing. We may not do that, and we may just, I don't know, try to belong to some exclusive religious country club or something like that. <laughs> I am this group, I am this group, I have this affinity. As we say the, other, the last year, I think we, we may be racist, but not with C, with S. No? Racism in the context of Rasa. So we may be racist. No? Uh, this is a, my high, the highest ras. I belong to this group, and this, uh, this, uh, even between ourselves, we may just quarrel. So that's the danger. No? So uh, the point is, Gaudiya Sampraday is such a developed theological developed lineage that as 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 higher the concept, the bigger the danger to become stuck in the theoretical refinement of the lineage and not really do your part to become a mystic, as Guru Mahathir will say, to really live those things. No? <laughs> so Nityananda is all about living, living the thing. He's a living thing. He may not have too many to say, too much to say at, regarding <laughs> concept and theology and systematization of the teaching. He will just knock your door and as you know, he will say, Bhaja Gauranga, Kaha Gauranga, Laha Gauranga, Namare, Sejana Gauranga Bhaja, Seyamara Pramare, <laughs> so he will say that huh? worship Goranga, speak about Goranga teach about him if you do so you become my pran you are my life heir and I surrender to you that, that was his discourse huh? his elaborate tattoo presentation but crying and full of love and drenching everyone around him so that was much more compelling than <laughs> everything else basically no? so so that was here represented, and again, I'm, I'm kind of speaking about his gift by speaking on the opposite of that. We need many times to, and the scripture and our gurus always resort to that. When they want to really make clear what something is, sometimes they will spend more time speaking about what some, that something is not. Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta say that. When he say, I am speaking to you about 80% about what Raga Bhakti is not. <laughs> You need that level first. As you progress, I, the, the numbers will change. And we will be able to speak more exclusively about what that is. But in the beginning, this is not. This is not. Because you already have the wrong idea about some things. So first we need to deconstruct that before starting from zero. <laughs> if you will. All that this famous example that the guy was with his friend to learn guitar and... And, and one did know zero about guitar, and the other was learning for himself for some years. He already developed some idea of what does it mean to play guitar. So they were going to take classes one hour each. So the, the teacher say, "Okay, the one who does not, who knows zero, each class is ten dollars. The one who has been teaching himself for ten years, he has to pay fifty dollars per class." So he said, "Why?" Huh? I mean. I have been playing for 10 years. I already know a lot. So that's why I, you have to pay more because you think you know a lot. You, you talk to yourself so many things that now I first I need to deconstruct that. And then we have to begin from zero. He's already advanced. He's in zero. You are minus 108. <laughs> so sometimes we may have some misconception about something. We should be open to recognize that with all the implied embarrassment. <laughs> even though I may be surrounded by such a glorious environment and there are so many nice things, of course, to appreciate. But if we are not careful, we may be misapprehending something. We may get abusively... Abusively? Does it exist? Oh, you follow my idea. 
abusively accustomed to, <laughs> to, 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 to living along with the extraordinary reality. I mean, that happens. We get accustomed to everything. <laughs> it's interesting because in the beginning, even something ordinary, it felt as extraordinary. Because it's something new. Anything that is new, you feel like, wow, incredible, extraordinary. Even if it's ordinary. But even if something is extraordinary in time, you may get accustomed to that and see that as ordinary. <laughs> we have that great, dangerous capacity. <laughs> so it's important to, to, to remain like in proper perspective. So Nityananda Prabhu is trying to, to catch our attention at every single moment, which is a proper angle of vision. Because if not, again, speaking about what he's not about, if we become fundamentalists, if we become, I don't know, arrogant, I belong to this school, I have this guru, I know so much, or whatever. No, it's, it's, sometimes it's subtle, it's so subtle. It's not that you are just writing in social media, I'm the greatest. Generally, we are not so brave to do so, <laughs> even though we feel it. <laughs> we are coward enough not to say it publicly, but we will say it somehow or other, in, through indirect language, some parokshabad maybe there. <laughs> so very subtly we will be rejecting people at least in our mind we will be just maybe not rejecting but just judging them labeling them somehow below us because of this because of that or maybe even if you don't say below but labeling people like very quickly that's a symptom of arrogance basically and that has nothing to do with what Nityananda Prabhu is about, again, his humility, his generosity, his um, openness to give us a possibility of being something more, not judging us to, because of who we are now, who we were in the past. And this is very, again, dangerous in, in the sense of about the jiva, because when you start to label others, judge others, somehow or other, our false ego strengthens, quote-unquote strengthens, actually it's a sign of weakness, but the subjective experience is, I'm more by pointing you know, outside of myself, if you will. <laughs> and you've, it makes you feel important. It's very weird how it works, but it works like this. You know? When you judge others, label others, or other, you put yourself in a position of labeling, of pointing, of controlling, of judging. You become God, quote-unquote, in the world of your ego. <laughs> and you feel important, you know? for the wrong reasons, for sure. Not because... I mean, we should feel important because Nityananda is throwing his merciful glance on us. That's the importance we should feel in our life, not in, in another direction. And, and, and again, we should be very, as, as Vaishnavas especially, and, and, and in this point, in connection to how we relate with other Vaishnavas, in other missions, in the same mission, with our husband and wife, they're Vaishnavas. Sometimes we forget that. <laughs> He's my husband. She's my wife. I remember once one devotee told me, Maharaj, I miss so much the devotees. I live, he lived far from the ashram. So I live, I, I miss so much. I, I, I need association of devotees. And say, well, you have a wife and three children. They are Vaishnavs also. He was like, oh yeah, I forgot that. <laughs> I was thinking too much about them in terms of my wife, my children. So you have to update Huh? To upgrade your conception of everyone <laughs> because you are labeling them like it or not I mean and it, you may not be even aware of that but you just like 
throw labels on, onto the environment constantly. <laughs> That's what Srila Siyamara said once. Conditioned soul means all day long throwing labels and judge, passing judgment onto whatever comes in your path. You may not be aware of that, it's not with bad intention, but that's like the, like the mechanics of conditioned life. And that's how you learn to survive. <laughs> if you, you know, labeling and this goes yours and compartmentalizing. And this, this. But this creates dualism, binary thinking and separation, and it's difficult to grasp the absolute reality in the, in the, in the background. No? So, so, of course, we, we are different, we are individuals, we belong to different groups and we are, have different gurus, if you will, some of us. So. But all of that is it's under one same umbrella at the same time. That is the Lotus Feet of Nityananda we are singing today. Nitai Padda Kamala Kuti Chandra Susital, which means the Lotus Feet of Nitai are soothing, are more soothing than millions of moons. So if you want to conceive your Gurudev of your or your the spiritual family you belong to, as we could say that's one of the moons. <laughs> but every other Vaishnava who is under the shelter of one guru and Mish is another the shelter of another moon. And all of those moons are one part of the souls of Nityananda's feet. <laughs> so there is a bigger picture where all of us are living together under the same uh, umbrella if you will. So in this way we have to go beyond this okay, dualism because fear is born by absorption in duality. And we are full of fear generally in material conditioned life. That's the opposite of love as we always say. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. Because love represents a spontaneous movement and fear represents Silasimaras will say a suspicion that led to suspension, if you will. We become like rose, frozen, you say? Frozen. You cannot move, we cannot trust. So, uh, I mean, if you do not see that all of us are existing under the shade of the same umbrella, it takes a lot of dualism to not see that, I would say. <laughs> it takes a lot of dualism in our minds not to really be able to conceive. Mm-hmm. What the Vedas say, Basudhaiva Kutumbaka, even beyond Gaudiya community, if you want, if we want to speak even in more universal terms, Vedas say Basudhaiva Kutumbaka, which means there is only one family, says the Veda. That's an interesting concept. There's on, only one family, there's no more than one family. If you start to speak about two families, you start to indulge in sectarianism, <laughs> in, in some form of fundamentalism. Dualism. Of course, our philosophy is bit a bit. There is diversity. I'm not promoting covert Advaita Vedanta here. <laughs> but there's unity. I mean, that's important to, to also grasp the unity. So the diversity will be, uh, how to say, tasty. <laughs> because if we only have diversity, I mean, too much unity may be boring, too much diversity may be too conflicting. Well, as they say, diversity, as we say the other day, this diversity is, how to say, this is the spice of life. Mm-hmm. But if you put too much spice in the food, that won't be edible. Edible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, too much diversity <laughs> without unity, indigestion also. <laughs> so, 
So all of us are existing under these same universal umbrellas, now going back to the Asgodias, no? on the feet of Nitai. And this Nitai, as you know, and as Guru Maharaj always mentions, he's there. Although he speaks about the six Goswamis and as the founder Acharyas of the Sampradaya, at the same time we may say Nityananda is the unofficial founder of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. Unofficial, you say? Because he he was the one who began it all even before the Goswamis systematized the whole teachings of Mahaprabhu and ecstasy of Mahaprabhu. And he did, again, in a very natural way, in a very spontaneous way. Again, knocking on doors, crying, Abadut like preaching. <laughs> Although it's saying, it may seem an oxymoron, no? like, how can you preach in an Abadut? <laughs> but he was, no? he was, so compelling was his, uh, his experience, basically. He only had to knock the door, basically. <laughs> the rest was just a byproduct of his insight. No? Just people looking at his eyes, seeing his tears, Grasping his, his, his intention, his standing, that was enough to grasp the standing of someone like Nityananda. Imagine that Nityananda Prabhu knocks your door. And now you are saying no, incredible. But my point is, he had, he did that. <laughs> maybe he did not do that literally, as you may imagine. Oh man, maybe he's, in, but he's doing that on a daily basis. Maybe we are not hearing the knocking. <laughs> now we are maybe. To make to concern about other types of doors that still we would like to be opened, <laughs> and if someone is knocking that, so many other possibilities. But Nityananda keeps maintains that standard till we till the day we dare to open, and of course properly reciprocate to that. So he and and, and the Duarte Sagopals, as we know, his associates, close associates, they were spreading. Krishna consciousness in a total a spontaneous way without any tinge of institutionalization. Of course, I'm not saying institutions are necessarily something to avoid, but the point is they gave an interesting example, which is dissemination by the strength of their own inner transformation. No, basically, there was not too much necessity of information. There was enough transformation on their side. Knock the door... Transformation. No? There was not necessary. Not so the point is, sometimes nowadays some Gaudiya groups or any other groups, they may be thinking, why our movement is not properly expanding on, on the world? We are failing in something and we should think about some strategy to deal with. And it's okay, I'm not against that. But the point is, as Prabhupada says in brief words, is purity is the force at the end of the day. I mean, you can make adjustments in how you wear your clothes or how you present in which words the, length, the message in a contemporary way, no problem. But if purity is not there, if, if Nityananda is not there, Nityananda Vesh on some level or not, <laughs> it's not there. I mean, you can do everything you like, but that won't create the, the real necessary effect, which is the transformation of the heart. Only transformed People can transform people. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's all about this. Nityananda was a transformer, he said. <laughs> Not a reformer, but a transformer. <laughs> his reform was through transformation. And, and, and that began with his own transformation. So generally, 
this is very important because also in the name of preaching, we may be just being evasive regarding our own inner transformation. We would like to change the world, but the all in all is to change, I mean, ourselves. That's the, the main change of, in the world. <laughs> and this is a simple quote, and we, I'm sure you have heard that so many times. We, we yet need to plumb the depths of the implications of this idea. What does it mean to change myself? And, and how that changes the world? Because sometimes we do not relate one thing with the other. We separate. The, I have to change myself? Okay, but I also have to change the world. So as much as you have that duality, that may be difficult in your own changing yourself and also in changing the world. Hmm? So Nityananda again was very... Outspoken, as Gurmash will say, very straightforward <laughs> and very, very pure at the same time, extending the, the greatest generosity of Gaudiya Sampradaya, the, the very word Gaudiya. Gaudiya, sometimes people may ask, you practice Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and the word Gaudiya comes from Goda, Goda Desh, Goda Mandal. So, at least apparently. So one may feel that's weird because if Gaudiya comes from Goda, it's a geographical determination. So it's like if you say, I'm practicing, I'm practicing North Carolinian Christianity. I say, what's that? <laughs> no? I'm practicing Argentinian Islam. And I say, what? I'm practicing Gaudiya Vaishnavism. No, you follow my point. So someone may present that argument. I mean, that's the way you present yourself. It's such a geographical limited way, but actually the word Gaudiya also had another another meaning, as you may know. Goda, Goda Desh. The word Goda also is connected with the word Gur. Gur. And Gur re refers to how do you say in English? Like mol molasses, something oh. like that. Because Bengal is the land of sugar cane. Sugar cane, thank you. <laughs> There's so much sweetness there, on an external level, but also, of course, we are taking that to the Gaur Lila, what the Gaur Lila represents. Gaur Lila is Audarya Lila, but Audarya means what? Mercy. Why? What's the mercy there? Going free, free for everyone. What? What's free for everyone? The love of God. Which type of love of God? Well, you are too abstract. Huh? Thank you so much. <laughs> Not necessarily Madhurya Ras, like romantic love only, but Madhurya, let's say Madhurya, you know, like sweetness, the love of Braj, Braj, Braj Bhav. So Audarya means the dissemination of Madhurya. So Godadesh means Gur, Gur means molasses, molasses means sweet, sweet means Madhurya. Do you connect? So Audarya is the distribution of that Madhurya, and that's why. Goda received that name because it's a sweet land where that sweetness is being like broadcasted like like never before. So Gaudiya Vaishnavism has to do with that idea, not with the geography <laughs> conception, but with something. And who was again, as Guru say today, Nityananda was like main figure in broadcasting that Madhurya, even if you want to speak only in terms of Madhurya's Gopi Bab, Nityananda was doing that. Also, and what to speak also the the current that came from his own personal bhav. But again, he did that in a very non-sectarian way, in a very loving way, as we were singing today. 
the second song we sang, it began saying, Akrodha Paramananda Nityananda Ram. So Akrodha, what does it mean, Akrodha? Sorry? No anger? Yeah. So Nityananda is Akrodha, which means he's not angry. Of course, we may say, okay, sometimes I'm not angry. Generally, I'm not, I'm okay. <laughs> so I kind of find some. I could call myself a Krodha also. <laughs> what do you think, Mahamantra? Me? No. No? Okay. <laughs> no? <laughs> Karuna, what do you say? For me? When the moment of wrestling comes. A Krodha, there? Not, Not possible. Not. <laughs> <laughs> then we need to invoke another spirit. <laughs> so, of course, a Krodha in this case go beyond just not being, how do you say, on your nerves, like, but implies a lot of things, like we were speaking now, non-judgmental, not labeling, not condemning, not seeing any enemy. One other name of Srinityananda Prabhu that I like a lot is Ajata Satru. Ajata Satru means he whose enemy was yet not born. Another way of saying, he who has no enemy and will never have. And that means he who do not perceive enmity anywhere. And that's another way of saying he who is the friend of everyone. <laughs> Again, indirect language is a lot used here. No? So Ajata Satru, that's another way of saying Akroda. He's not angry means you have no, nobody to be angry with, if you will. There are no enemies. You do not perceive enemies whatsoever. There's no necessity of that. As we will say, weak faith requires an enemy. And we could say strong faith requires a friend. <laughs> Everyone becomes a friend, basically. When you have strong faith, the, the strong faith itself requires everyone to be a friend. <laughs> if not, it cannot operate properly. And weak faith requires enemy, enemy, enemy. If not, I cannot express my immaturity properly. So, you have to be an enemy so I can express my mature faith, please. <laughs> a strong faith will ask for something else. So, a Krodha has to do with this, no? with non judgmental, as we say, free from duality. And Nityananda Prabhu is not seeing any of us in dual terms. No? This, he's this and he's that also. <laughs> Sometimes they say that Nityananda Prabhu was uh, partial to everyone. That's, that's, that was the way of describing his impartiality. <laughs> generally, you know, impartial, generally you think more like... But here his impartiality is his partial to everyone. <laughs> that's a, a full circle to the idea of impartiality. He's partial but to everyone without an exception. So that's real impartiality, not some detached, in, because sometimes that, that idea is carried there. Detachment, indifference, impartiality, non-involvement, but Nityananda was partial to everyone. All in the brothel, as Guru will say today, everyone was included in his, in his embrace. And again, free from duality. Free from duality. Free from anger. Anger and duality go hand by hand. Again, if you have no duality, you have no enemies. Because enemies means there has enemies and there are friends. You think in those two terms. But when there's no duality, there's no room for the two. So hopefully everyone becomes friends and not enemies. 
that's another way of non-duality. Everyone is an enemy, but hopefully we are not going that type of Advaita unity. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's not anger, and of course we we have to apply that the opposite of that to the ultimate extent. He's always happy. He's always joyful. That's his very name. No? Nityananda. Like if you find someone in the street, what's your name? Perpetual bliss. My pleasure. <laughs> and you will say, my pleasure. <laughs> Give me your WhatsApp number. I have to have you in my contacts. <laughs> if you honor your name properly, okay, you have to be in my agenda. <laughs> Nityananda. Always happy, basically. means Never angry. Never dualistic. Never labeling. Never limiting anything but Expanding, it's Alex, no? Narutan says that when he says, how say, ha ha, how do you say it? Nityananda Premananda Suki, thank you. Ha ha, Prabhu Nityananda Premananda Suki. It was not enough to say Nityananda, he said Premananda. We have to use the word Ananda as much as we can regarding Nityananda. Parama Karun Mahodvijaya Nitai Gaur Chandra. Sava Avatar Sava Shirumani Kevala Ananda Kanda again. So he's, how do you say, he's on fire. He's thrown into this fire of constant bliss, constant joy. He's living, blazing into that real fire. In this world we are blazing, blazing, you say? Burning, but into a false fire. (laughs) Interestingly, the word, how do you say in English? Infatuation. Infatuation. It, the root of the word coming from Latin means false fire. <laughs> so you are in a fire, no doubt. <laughs> but that that's not the real one. That's not the forest fire you should be in. Huh? Samsara is described sometimes as a forest fire. Hmm? Of infatuation, if you will. Of a false forest fire. A forest fire of false fire, if you will. <laughs> So if we speak about the false fire, infatuation, yeah, sometimes people in this world, not sometimes, generally, quite often, or maybe we, I mean, we are in this world somehow or other, so sometimes we resort to infatuation as a way of, I don't know, experiencing some type of intensity, intensity, because maybe devotional intensity has not yet fully arrived, so we want intensity, but general intensity means avoidance of the present moment, I would say. <laughs> I, and it's a form of distraction basically mm-hmm. intensity I want to experience intense emotions intense experiences intense sense whatever indulgence intensity 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 it has to do mainly with I cannot I, know, I don't know how to deal with the present moment <laughs> so I want a shot of intensity <laughs> so oh, I'm alive great <laughs> something's going on <laughs> But you are somewhere else. No? The present moment was diluted. <laughs> so inter- that's interesting no? to, 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 to analyze these ideas, no? how intensity actually is avoidance of, of, of bravery, of being brave enough to embrace the present moment and who I am now and what should I deal with that now. So all this idea of intensity goes hand by hand with this idea of uh, infatuation and false fire and again on the opposite side of the forest <laughs> fire on the other forest we have Balaram <laughs> in Brahma, 
the forest of Brach is on fire, <laughs> but the real fire, basically. All of them are really burning in the fire of love, in the fire of ecstasy. We have to become fire to live in, in that place, as Guru sometimes will say. Some people may, see, may even not notice the sun. Sun is there, but they may not be even aware of that. Some other people may realize, oh, the sun is there, and I'm depending on that. Thank you very much, sun. Daily you offer namaskar, some sense of gratitude by those elements that provide you with something that you need. But that's all. Thank you very much, and please keep providing. <laughs> but on some other level, someone, a wild person, really wild in this case, may ask, I would like to go there and live in the sun. As Guru Mahārāj will say, I've heard that there are some nuclear explosions there, and I would like to enter there. Someone will say, you are totally mad. I mean, it's, it's enough to say hello, and you do your Surya Namaskar in the morning, but you want, you're planning to live in the sun, you have to become fire. I mean, if you get closer to the sun, you, I mean, you, are, you become ashes. So you have to develop a fire-like form to enter there. And Krishna is compared sometimes to the sun. Krishna is Surya, Sammaya, High and Dakar. He's the sun, Maya is darkness. So if you want to enter that sun, you have to become sun-like. You have to become a son or of the sun, if you will, something like that. <laughs> Prema has been described as a sun. Prema, Surya, Susamya, Bhava, like a ray of the sun. So, so Nityananda is, again, sorry for so much with these analogies and sun and fire and false fire and real fire. <laughs> That's a fact. So Nityananda is in some type of forest fire. He's, he's burning in, in, into the ecstasy of Premananda. Or if you want to take the... Sometimes the, the analogy of the forest fires in this world, sometimes the analogy of the ocean, sometimes. And samsara is compared to an ocean. Unsurmountable ocean. Okay. So Nityananda is also a type of ocean. Ocean of mercy, ocean of love. Prema is compared to an ocean sometimes. And, 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 and today in the morning, I, I received one greeting from Vaishnava Maharaj from Argentina, some nice words from Nityananda Trayodasi. He used, especially Nityananda Trayodasi, he used to send me some blessing and some, not only happy Nityananda Trayodasi, but may the grace of Sri Nityananda, and, and there comes the whole. Well, wishing so. <laughs> he was saying something like that. No, like, like the the ocean of Srinitananda's grace carry you to the shore of your devotional aspirations, or something like that. So I was thinking, oh yes, thank you very much. <laughs> and I was extending the analogy in my mind. I say, okay, yeah, Nitananda Kripa is like an ocean, an unfathomable, unfathomable ocean. And I will keep practicing my English with you, sorry, and thank you very much. So, and, 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 and Srila Gurudev, who is a personified agent of the Nityananda department, is like a wave of that ocean. No. <laughs> and we are to be carried by the wave to the shore of our spiritual ideals and hopes. So, do not swim against the, the wave, basically. Be a good surfer and <laughs> let yourself being carried to the wave, to the proper shore, something like that. No? <laughs> Sri Guru is like a wave in the ocean of Nityananda Prabhu's prayer. So, 
So we are very fortunate with what we can say. We, we are dealing with this principle, as I said in the beginning, of costless mercy. And there is never enough we can say about costless, the principle of costless mercy. Sometimes I like to speak about that in terms of divine injustice, <clears throat> because it's not just. That's an important point. Of course, before speaking about divine injustice, we have to understand justice. <laughs> because sometimes we don't even fully embrace that, for example. Because, as Gunrash will say, mercy is an overriding of justice. So in order to understand mercy, first you have to understand what is being overridden, which we call justice. So first we have to understand there is something called justice, and that justice is department is... Uh, uh, infallible infallible you say we call it karma like perfect justice and that's a hard pill to swallow because on so many occasions in our life we may feel this is not just but not referring to costless mercy <laughs> but to something that should not be happening but at that point you are saying so karma is not it's failing here the machine like pew, collapse <laughs> Something went beyond the hands of the Paramatma or whatever, and, and that makes sense. So my point is, first we have to accept that it's justice and that it's working perfectly, even though sometimes we, of course, may not be able to explain to ourselves why this is happening, that's for sure. <laughs> but we should have that conviction that this is working perfectly, because if I do not have that conviction, I won't be able to go from there to the costless mercy department and have full faith in that. I have to first have full faith in how justice works, and then I can be promoted to the higher department and have full faith in how mercy works. <laughs> because if not, sometimes we don't have too much faith in either of them. Sometimes something happens, this is not just. Or sometimes I, I ask Krishna for mercy and I'm like, Mm, let's see what happens. I don't know if he will reply or I don't know. This is Christian's mercy. I don't think so. <laughs> this is not even his justice. His, uh, so sometimes we may be a little bit in need of strengthening our faith in this direction. So first of all, we should accept justice ex exists perfectly on, on one level. And on top of that, there is a type of injustice, but it's divine. We call it causeless mercy. It's injustice because it's not just. We cannot deserve that at any, any, at any moment. And that's a very difficult pill to swallow also. Sometimes we hear causeless mercy, it sounds like, uh, like a very special product that I don't have to pay anything to obtain it. Because we hear it's a gift. And it's a gift, for sure. But it doesn't mean that we don't, it's not, nothing is expected from us. To, in order to receive it. Because again, the gift can be there, but it's up to you to accept the gift. I can give you a gift that you don't deserve, but you can reject that. You follow? I mean, it's not that the gift will like impose, impose, you say, force. On some level, there will be some intense, like Nityananda Prabhu had that intensity, Prabhupada himself saying, I came to your country as an aggressor. <laughs> and we say, thank you. But there was some point in which we were able to decide yes or no. So, and, and the point is that if we decide I accept costless mercy, 
the point is, I am accepting something that I will never deserve. So I am able to live with some gift that I, I will never deserve. I mean, for the ego, that's not very uh, flattering. <laughs> and that's the idea, of course. That, that may help us to trans- transcend the ego. But I having a gift that as much as I incorporate in my life, the less I feel, the more I feel I don't deserve it. <clears throat> but, it's, but I need it. Hmm? Two different things. <laughs> and as much as I try to deserve it, the gift shows itself bigger and bigger. <laughs> the grace expands and expands. That's how it works. The substance we are pursu- pursuing is of such quality that even if we make our greatest effort to deserve it, try to think about that theoretically, <laughs> the bigger our form we will make, the less we will fill with the service. It's too much. It, it keeps growing. <laughs> and I try to make my best, and we should make our best, but not trying to deserve it, but trying to do something in reciprocation. So that's the nature of the gift, as we were speaking the other day in the lecture on Vaishnava etiquette. The real gifts are those that will never belong to us, but we will belong to the gift. <laughs> One sense, you follow. I mean, I, I I won't try to own that and make that my property and my product and my control. But hopefully, that makes me its property, if you will, that higher domain. So that's a an, an interesting prospect, a very challenging one. But I hope you may feel enough inspired to thread, continue threading the path in that direction, because as you, the further you advance on the path, and the further the grace is being poured on us, we will feel ourselves smaller and smaller. But in the context of something bigger and bigger coming to us. And it's paradoxical, but as, as the smaller you feel, the more you forget about yourself at one point. But the more it's you become you in the bigger, in the greater sense. Of, it's paradoxical. Because the, the topmost stage is self-forgetfulness. But that's when you are you in the most real sense. <laughs> that's how it works. That's a price to pay. It's an overwhelming prospect. <laughs> but Silasiyama said that. As much as you get closer to the infinite, you will be realizing there's no limit to progress. It becomes, the prospect becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so... Um, and what to speak in connection to a department like Nityananda, who is constantly... Ex- we are speaking about expanding the prospect. Nityananda is the first expansion of Krishna, if you will, as Balaram. And as the expansion of Krishna, he's expanding the service of Krishna, the area of Krishna's service at the same time. And the same way Nityananda is expanding, is extending, if you will, service possibilities to Mahaprabhu, no? without hmm? parallel. Hmm? Sometimes I have some few minutes. You have some minutes? Yeah, no problem. Sometimes Balaram is depicted, I'm not sometimes, always with a plow, which makes also has to do with making the ground ready, representing the heart, the guru, preparing. That means Akarshana. In Sanskrit, Akarshana, sorry, Karshana means uh, plowing. Plowing? How do you say the verb? Plowing. That's karshana. And karshana means attracting. So sometimes you have on one side Balaram's plow and on the other side Krishna's flute. So Balaram's plow is doing karshana. Karshana, sorry. Plowing. 
preparing the ground. So then we may hear Krishna's flute and run after that, feeling attracted to that. Mm-hmm. So similarly, sometimes it is said that, and, and, and that's our, yeah, our adhikar, no? I mean, adhikar means qualification, but the qualification comes from mercy. That's the way we acquire adhikar in our tradition, by mercy of Nityananda, mercy of Balaram. So as Balaram has this plow, and you create like canals, canals, you say? Sometimes you may use for digging canals for water to move. So similarly, sometimes there's one song that says that Nityananda, being Balaram, even though he doesn't carry the plow in Gorlila, but he's creating different canals to every door, at every house, at every, ha- at every heart. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu's grace may go there, and there, and there, without exception, partial towards everyone. He's doing that plowing, if you will, preparing the field for the descent of Prem. And this Prem is it's the greatest of mysteries. No? Nityananda Prabhu himself appears as an abadut to show how esoteric is the content of Prem. Interestingly, I was thinking the other day, in Costa Rica, before coming here, I was in San Jose in the house of one... Vaishnavi called Jagad Mohini, and she told me, Maharaj, a very nice question, I have to say, I don't know why, but she's very special, if you know her, you will understand more the, how she presented that. But in every tradition, we have this symbol of the serpent. What's the meaning of the serpent? Because serpent on one side may mean envy, um, lack of trust, but also we find Shiva has a serpent, Narayan is lying on a serpent. So, the two, we have the two sides of the serpent. Uh, and so I would think, say, yes. And for me, the serpent re- refers to mystery. You know, to that which is unknown. And we are totally fearful of that, of course. <laughs> because it implies getting out of the comfort zone and entering into the realm of paradox. But everything is out of control and we don't know what's next. So that means fear. So the serpent and, and Prem has to do with that. Prem has to do with love, and love is the greatest mystery. Raja Guhyam says Krishna the Gita, the topmost secret, the greatest mystery. Mm-hmm. So Nityananda, in his highest form, Balar in his highest form, let's say it's Nityananda, he's an Abadut. Abadut means a uh, weird person, if you will. <laughs> Differ- difficult to understand, mysterious guy, basically. And I say, moving like a serpent, Prem moves like a serpent, in a zigzag way. You cannot anticipate the next movement. Mm-hmm. As Balaram also, he uses to be quite intoxicated also. So that's also, you have to enter in through that. You know? And we could say even in his lowest manifestation, I don't want to say lowest, but sometimes it's depicted like that by Krishna, that's like Nityananda, Balaram, and Mahasankarshan, Mulsankarshan, Mahavishnu, Anantasesh. So as an Anantasesh, Nityananda appears as a serpent. <laughs> and this serpent is referring to this mysterious realm that we may be afraid to enter, but, but Krishna is lying on a, on a serpent. Krishna is lying on a bed of, of mystery, if you will. <laughs> if we take the serpent to mean Prem, okay, his bed is made of Prem. So he's enveloped in, in that. So if you are afraid of that, you won't be able to reach him ever. <laughs> so we should develop this idea of entering there. Entering there. And that grace has come to us. We should get some further uh, acquaintance and mercy. 
and humility, as Krishna Das Kavira says, Jagai Madai Haitimuni Sipapista. I'm more sinful than Jagai Madai. Jagai Madai were so sinful, but when Nityananda Prabhu came to them and he gave the grace, they surrendered to that. But Krishna Das says, and actually, it's not Krishna Das, it's Swami Padmananda says, I'm more sinful than Jagai Madai. Because Nityananda had knocked on our door, he keeps knocking. And we, we may say, oh, maybe on the other side of the door without opening, there's nobody home. <laughs> no, embarrassing, totally embarrassing. Imagine someone goes and, no, nobody home. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you are being infraganti, say, you're in evidence, of what to do? No? So they accepted the grace of Nityananda, they were transformed. I am not yet. Of course, we are in the process of that, we should be, I mean, balancing our lamentation, <laughs> we should appreciate we are in the process of that sadhakas and the grace is come. Nityananda keeps knocking, Sri Guru keeps knocking on the door of our heart. So, and unfortunately, gradually we, we develop the hope that on, I only want to open that door. I only want to reciprocate to that knocking. Not any other door, not any other door. The whole world is full of doors and knockings and possibilities and neon lights calling me and as Gunrash will say, and all that is here, all the companies and, 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 and great, how do you say, the corporations and lights and tick, 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 call, call me, eat me, buy me, exploit me, enjoy me. So hopefully someday we really feel that knocking, I want to reply. that That's the real knocking. It will knock knock my ego down if you will. So in this way Nityananda comes to teach us how to be really happy. He is the one. He has he knows how to. He's always happy. Kivala Ananda Kanda. And how to become a Kroda like him. Not anger, not judgmental, non labeling here and there. And really we, we should need to be as the classical question says sometimes they ask, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? <laughs> And most people, unfortunately, just I want to be right. So Nityananda comes to demolish that project. I say, no, if you want to be happy, you don't, need, you don't have to have the need of being right. You're actually opening to learn and grow mm -hmm. um, and, and educate your mind in that regard. Or first, uneducate it, deconstruct, <laughs> as I mentioned, all the things that your mind is attached, all the duality, all the judgment. Mm -hmm. The mind is something has a brilliant potential. It can be brilliant. I mean, you can have brilliant mind, but also it can become obsessive and repetitive with certain patterns and just function on that and it can be it can drive you mad, basically. You know, it can be useful, but it can be useless. <laughs> As Krishna said in the Gita, it can become your worst friend or your worst enemy. Mm -hmm. But as, as, as long as the mind is not fully under the shelter of Nityananda, I mean, we shouldn't speak about peace of mind. That, that sounds like an oxymoron. The other day I was reading something like that. No? When you have peace, you are not in your mind. And when you are in your mind, you are not truly peaceful. <laughs> so when you say peace of mind, it sounds like a contradiction. <laughs> it was a good point he was mentioning. Mm -hmm. So we, know, we need to go beyond the mind. The usual dual mind, beyond, beyond the control, beyond the judging, analyzing. See, and, and instead of judging, analyzing, controlling, which is the sick side of the mind, we should go to the, I don't know, seeing, tasting, loving. That's the realm of Nityananda. Try to eventually 
have a taste of transcendence. That's Nitai's campaign. He wants to take us into his fold. So, <clears throat> let's try to open ourselves to that. Let's try to, how to say, to invoke a yes. To welcome Nityananda with a yes. Or to every situation in our life, first with a yes, not with a no. Sometimes we have first the no and then the yes. But Silasya Maharaj will say, Om is like a big yes. Like an affirmation towards reality. Like opening ourselves to trust in the positiveness of what's coming. And first you establish a, a primal yes, a fundamental yes. And then some no's can be in place to create some healthy boundaries, if you will. <laughs> but if you start with a no, that's, that's un, un, unnatural. You become like alienated from, from reality, basically. Hmm? So that was Nitai's stance. He had a yes towards all of us. Nitai didn't come to us and say, no, no, no. He said, yes, yes, yes. Even if someone said, but that guy, look, yes, yes. <laughs> then we speak about the no's. First, yes. He has a potential. There is some prospect there. I see some brilliant future in each of those souls. That's the first yes. And, and, and that's what, what we should emulate somehow or other. Hmm? Nitai Singh, not the qualification, that's interesting thing. He becomes attracted towards our disqualification. Of course, we shouldn't be further disqualified in order to attract him further. That's a calculated thing. <laughs> but if we feel truly unqualified, oh, Nityananda's glance will like, oh. He's partial to everyone, but there is... If you truly honor that, well, he, you will take his glance. <clears throat> so let's begin with this basic yes, this basic acceptance, this basic trust. Not too quickly, again, labeling... Creating duality, dividing people, situations, Nityananda himself. <laughs> but instead of that, honoring the ultimate prospect of everything, that's Nityananda's stance. As Guru Mahārāj will say, they are not judging because of who we were, because of who we are, but because of who we can be, who we can become, our brightest future. And we are being treated like that by Guru and Nityananda. That's a too generous consideration. So we should... Gradually pray for His grace, trying to properly honor that, treating others, each of us, <laughs> in that same way. So some ideas I want to share regarding Trinitananda to others. Again, maybe I didn't speak too much in detail about the tattoo and the lila of Trinitananda, but Guru Maharaj showered us with tons of that today. So I felt some, something like that could be some more practical, inter hopefully, complement to that. So... Thank you to all of you. Shri Lagurudev Ki Jai, Shri Man Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Shri Nityananda Prabhu Ki Jai, Shri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Shri Shri Radha Sarat Bihari Ji Ki Jai, Shri Giridas Maharaj Ki Jai, Shri Nityananda Triyodasi Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrind Ki Jai, Gaur Primananda Hivo, Mancha Kalpataru Vishakripa Sindhu Vyayi Vachapati Tanam Pavani Vyu Vaishnavi Dinamon.